Hey everybody, it is Nick here. Today's episode is a different one for you all. A uh, bit of a treat because we are out and about, and I say we because it's myself and my good friend and business partner, Rob Williams, who is joining me on the show. And I'm away on one of these, I'm gonna call it massive tours of duty, because <laughs> I'm away for three weeks, and we're going to a number of events across North America, and the one that we are at this week is Funnel Hacking Live. Now you may have heard of that before or you may not have heard of that before, but what we're gonna go through over the next 45 minutes or so is a, a discussion, a fireside chat of all things direct response marketing and importantly, some of the different learnings that we have had from being away at this event. So sit back, enjoy the banter. Rob and I have worked together for a very, very long time, so we know each other very, very well, but I think you'll get a lot of value out of the different perspectives we have around direct response marketing. Equal, equally, we touch on mindset, the importance of how you show up in business, and of course, you know what does all this mean in terms of how you're scaling and how you're building a high-value company. So as I said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode this week. Hey everyone, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for another week. So this is a little bit of a different episode because I have the mobile podcast recording set up happening. Now that sounds all very um, posh, I'm sure, but <laughs> really what it is is a, a cord hanging out the bottom of my iPhone and there are two microphones linked to that because today I am joined by my business partner, Rob Williams. Hello, Rob. Hello, Nick, and hello, listeners. So what are we doing? So why, why am I not in the studio? Well, firstly, we are out and about. We at, are at a marketing conference in the US. The marketing conference is called Funnel Hacking Live, and it is one of the biggest marketing conferences in the world. It's in Orlando in Florida. And it is run by effectively a guy called Russell Brunson, who is the founder of ClickFunnels. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that is today, um, not from the context of trying to push or promote it, because there's no affiliation with it whatsoever, but really it's to talk about direct response marketing. And I suppose the impact that can have on your business is having on the industry of marketing in, in, in its entirety. Uh, and some of the learnings, actually, of the things that we have been picking up as we are here on tour in the U.S. So, Rob, now, I, just before we start, because <laughs> you, you actually have been on the show before. Uh, Rob joined us a while back. It's probably in the first 100 episodes. I can't remember which it one. Was, it was episode 50. You remember it? We need to talk about Nick oh. from, from a hotel room in Manchester. <laughs> that, I don't think we had as good a setup as we, we did this year. We as good a setup. No way. I remember that. So that's when you were interviewing me. So technically, we've had Rob on the show before, and that in its own right is is um, is, is unusual because I don't normally have people back on, but we actually haven't really got to know Rob. So we're going to start off by getting to know Rob, and you're going to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how we work together. Go for it. Awesome, Nick. Well, you know, the dream team, obviously, but uh, no, we, we, we've been working together for, for a number of years now. Um, we, we met through private equity, working with portfolio companies, helping them scale up, looking at M&A strategy. Uh, my background previously with a very large corporate in the UK, helping them grow through mergers and acquisitions, um, as well as 
having my own recruitment business and selling that and helping other recruitment businesses to build value in those early days. Um, and then getting more involved within the investment community, uh, particularly working with large legal firms and acting as that middleman between their clients who either wanted money, so we'd go out there and raise, uh, or they were interested in investing and we'd look for those investment opportunities for them. So uh, a really, really sort of diverse range of experience that uh, marries very, very well to uh, what, what you've done. And uh, we've had a, a number of programs at various different stages of, of business growth. We have, yes. And uh, <laughs> I remember the business growth accelerator initially, and then uh, helping business owners grow through mergers and acquisitions, and, and now high value exit, uh, helping business owners create sufficient value in their business that gives them the life that they want when they retire. And uh, I guess I'm the operational excellent side of the business. Um, Nick does the podcast and make sure everybody knows about us. And in the background, I'm making sure that our customers get what they need. Um, our products are well-defined and uh, pretty much everything that you teach on your podcast, I'm the person that implements and puts <laughs> in the place scenes. for us, Nick. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but, it, but it's great. And lots of people already, even this week, just meeting us uh, say how we complement each other very well, which is, uh, which is great to hear. So, so like, like always on the podcast, we don't rehearse or prepare any of this stuff. So Rob wasn't ready to do an intro then, but that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I think you did that on purpose. And, uh, did. To, and, and to show how surreal it is, there's a small lizard just literally running by my feet at the moment. Okay. We, and, and, and to be clear, we're staying in a Marriott, right? So it's not like some <laughs> dodgy Airbnb here, right? Um, but yeah, there are lizards here and there's a nice golf course in front of us too. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's Rob. I mean, uh, I've mentioned, um, the team a little bit on the podcast before. A lot of people kind of listen to this show regularly and they, they sort of hear me all the time. But uh, Rob runs the machine behind the scenes, um, all the programs that we run, um, which is really global now. You know, we've got clients all around the world. But the purpose of today is more or less a fireside chat, really. We're just going to kind of talk about the various learnings that we're having here at this conference and and how I suppose that can apply to you on the various stages you are in with your business, on your scale-up journey, with the thread being marketing and most specifically being direct response marketing. So let's kick it off. And you know, I think probably the best way to start, Rob, is, is probably defining a little bit what direct response marketing is versus marketing, mm -hmm. right? And, and just to kind of put some context into how I see it, which is not like some sort of textbook definition, but where I see how it's different to other forms of marketing that you may or may not be implementing in your business. Okay, so, so just to be clear, I see marketing in, in two lanes, really. I mean, first and foremost, all marketing is digital, right? So, you, you know, when you think about um, this idea that I have marketing and I have, and I have digital marketing, th there's a technology thread or a data thread or a metrics thread across all marketing. You know, it doesn't matter what type it is. So the idea now that people say digital marketing, it's just marketing, but it's, it's going to have some technology component to it, right? We can't, we can't get away from the fact the world is now connected. Um, the, the places where our customers and clients are potentially hanging out is more online than it used to be. We've got things like the metaverse coming, right? Which is, you know, I didn't even understand it. Rob, what is the metaverse? <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for a future podcast episode, Nick. That's called a deflection, everybody. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, I, you know, I've got young kids and, and they're playing in virtual worlds. 
it started probably with things like The Sims, but you know the fact that you can now um, buy things that aren't physically real, right? You know, they they exist in in bits you know, on a computer screen is an example of kind of how we are engaging differently online. But to define direct response, so if you go back in the day, and this is probably my, my, my favorite way of talking about it. If you go back in the day, before we had all of this technology, before we had social media and all these different networks and way of connecting, you know, we had advertising. And in uh, the US in particular, you know, obviously relevant to where we are here, just up the road in New York, Madison Avenue, which was the famous area. And there's a TV show called Mad Men, which talks a lot about this stuff. Um, you know, it was, it was the brilliance of the copy, you know, that, that line, that advertising headline that could make the biggest difference between a product or a service being successful or not. How that was communicated was uh, either on TV ads, radio ads, certainly when those different mediums were available, but before that, it was it was literally direct mail. So you'd be sent, you know, something in the mail that would land, like a brochure or a letter, a sales letter. Sometimes it would be the um, the ad that was written in a newspaper or in the the back on the classifieds. And if you think about it, amongst all those other things going on, you only had a very finite amount of time to grab attention. So what that line said, you know, that message had to be really crisp to hit you exactly at the point in time when you needed to see that message to, to get you to drive an action, right? So let's say you've got a problem, whatever that problem is, and you're looking for a solution, you've got a sea of other things in front of you, right? And certainly if you think about the newspaper context I said beforehand, and you know you have to be able to see that line, that, that brilliant piece of, of words put together, that copy that's gonna make a difference. And equally, if you got sent something in the mail, you know, back in the day, we used to get sent a lot more mail, right? You know, for something to absolutely stop you in your tracks and get you to take action, it was all about how well written that particular thing was. Now, if you think about what's happening there, it's called direct response marketing for a reason, because it's getting you to do something as a result of reading or engaging with that, that, that written word. And that response, if you like, you know, back then, as it is today, and we'll get into that, was to you know go and buy something or to give your details or to call a number, you know, jump in your car and go down to the shop and buy something. And and that was how a lot of marketing really started to build what we now call brands. And we're going back, I'm gonna say forties, fifties, but it's probably even earlier, Rob, isn't it? I think when you go back to things like Ogilvy, it was nineteen twenties. Was it that long ago? Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Like and and you know there are some there are some people um, still around today who were writing copy back in the sort of 60s and 50s. Uh, Dan Kennedy is a name that's worth Googling um, if you haven't heard that name before. And these were the people who were creating these stunning bits of, of sales copy which were driving this, this response that they wanted their ideal client to have. Now, the reason I bring that up and, and I suppose the theme, the, the core theme today is around this, is that people think that just because we now have all this technology around us, we have all this social media, there's, there's probably more messages hitting us than ever before. In fact, there's lots of what's called interruption marketing because we can get text sent to our phone and we can get, you know, everything in our daily lives can be interrupted by, by the technology of being able to, to, to put something in front of them. But that doesn't mean that the art of brilliant copy and brilliant messaging to drive a response has gone away. I think sometimes people think that it has. And this conference that we're at 
which, as I said, is called Funnel Hacking Live, and we probably should define that <laughs> for people, is really a conference, in my opinion, around really, really good direct response marketing. Is that fair, Rob? It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got a few perspectives on that too. So when I look at marketing, I look at initially um, some themes that we'd start off with eyeballs. How many people are you able to get your brand or your message in front of? Then the next stage is engagement. So how can you elicit a response that's typically emotional to help get them to take action? And then we're into conversion. Now that hasn't changed since 1920 or whenever we were talking about uh, Ogilvy's uh, to how it is today. Um, the next perspective is, well, how does that look like from a digital perspective? I was talking to a very, very successful affiliate marketer last night, and we were saying direct response is all about speed. How do you get the right message in front of the right person that causes them to take an immediate response, go to the checkout page, and, and buy whatever it is that you're selling? And what really elicits that level of speed is uh, something to do with either a fear or a desire um, or uh, you know, a number of different elements of influence. You've talked about Cialdini a lot on the podcast, yeah, have, but yep. you know that fear of missing out, that, that kind of feeling that you don't have the status that you need. So it plays on people's emotions and desires to take an immediate action that they feel there's an exchange of value that suddenly takes them into a different place. Why it's so, uh, I think, even more important now than it was back in the days of sort of the, the, the written copy in, in, in sort of direct mail and what have you is because of digital marketing and digital advertising. When we throw that bait out into the market and get eyeballs, it's a lot clearer who is actually looking at that advert and who is responding to the advert. And because we're able to target so well, whether we're looking at, at Google, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you know, we're able to actually start drilling our spend in to the types of profile of individuals that are most likely to be your customers. So all of that wasted advert spend, I mean, you'll remember from your days at EMAP, ABC circulation data. Yeah, yeah. You used to rely on things like that, which was pretty spurious and, and based on surveys uh, that, that you would just uh, conduct. And I think lastly, going back to our, our, both our advertising days, um, is ADA. So it really is mm -hmm. attention, interest, desire, action done in a very, very dialed in way and happening in very, very quick time. And with the data that you get from uh, the digital marketing, uh, it gives a massive amount of predictability that, to the level of return that you can get on your ad investment. So in some respects, it's an investment business with that level of predictability. And I know we're going to come to that later on in terms of what yeah. makes a valuable business. But I just wanted to share those thoughts with you because there's some things that I've been kind of mulling over the last 24 hours. Yeah, and, and a lot of, you know, when we do a, a, a podcast like this, if you like, remember, we're sort of live here learning as much as anything else and sharing those perspectives with you. So as you just said then, um, one of my clients actually is in the real estate education space, but the conversation last night at the bar was they're actually in the marketing space. They're a marketing business. You know, the fact that they happen to be helping people invest in real estate through education programs and things like that is, is kind of irrelevant to the fact that they are just really, really good at you know, putting the message that's gonna resonate out to their, their ideal client, ideal customer, ideal avatar as it's sometimes called. Um, and you know, everything lives and dies by their ability to, to be able to communicate that effectively at, at pretty big volumes. I mean, these guys last night were saying they're running an event, uh, it's an online event, but they had 11,000 registrations from some activity over the last few days. And the product they sell is a, is a $20,000 product. 
So you just got to think like the numbers that are going through from that is just astonishing. But, but I bring that up because it's just an example of, of some of the stuff that's happening in this world with, with more focus on direct response. And what I'll do now is just quickly define uh, the other side of marketing that I, I alluded to beforehand. So you've got direct response on one side, you've got brands on the other side. And I've done a podcast, oh God, I'm going to say a couple of years ago now, <laughs> where I defined the two quite eloquently. But the thing about brand, just to touch on it here, is you know, the best definition of a brand that I've ever heard is a promise of consistency. And it's something that you build over time and you have to invest a lot of time and often money to build a brand with credibility, but it's something that can get destroyed very, very quickly if you do something which damages your reputation or what your ideal audience of clients thinks of you. And I've often said also that whereas direct response is hot, it's you know the microwave effectively, it's about pace, it's about speed, it's about playing on emotions as Rob just spoke about, right? In the moment, brand is the oven that heats up over time. It takes a long time to heat up, but once it's hot, it stays hot. And anyone listening to this who's maybe thinking, well, what's more important, brand or direct response? The answer is they are both important. And if you can build your brand over time without thinking about it maybe too much as a, as a direct return on investment, like you know, spending money on brand isn't gonna get you a sale straight away, but if your brand is strong and built, as I said, with repetition and consistency over time, and you have a lot of focus then on really good direct response marketing, what you'll find is your conversion rates will go up, and you'll also find that you'll get more repeat purchase from your ideal clients, and ultimately, the lifetime value of your clients and customers will also increase. And as you said, Rob, we're going to touch on this in terms of how you build a valuable business. But all of those things I just mentioned there, repeat purchase, lifetime value, all of that, are some of the metrics that certainly a private equity firm would be looking at when they're looking at assessing the value of a company. Any thoughts on that, Rob? No, you're absolutely right. You know, data plays such a massive part uh, in, in the value of a business that uh, is, is growing through through direct response. Um, I also feel that um, brand is, as you said, is about that lifetime customer value. And this is a really good segue, actually. Even though I don't do podcasts, I think you're going to be uh, think, "Wow, that was good, Rob." Uh, the ClickFunnels. <laughs> if, if you do say so yourself. Yeah, well, right? of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Known for my modesty, but the um, the ClickFunnels brand, I think, is a really good example of lifetime customer value and how you can use a brand to quote the famous Nick Bradley as a promise of consistency. That you know you end up with a tribe or a community of thousands of people who wear your brand with pride. I'm just looking around the room now at some of the, the free gifts we were given when we registered. So you have bags, you have hats, you have T-shirts, and then suddenly you're in a crowd where everybody is dressed the same as you, and there is just this the community that you're all in it together, and everybody is there for each other, and you're sharing your experiences, successes, and failures, so you can accelerate your own growth. And I think the backdrop that Russell Brunson in particular provides to bond people, help you realize that anything is possible by following a very well-defined set of principles uh, or, or process uh, is incredible. And you know, it really is a band of believers. Not everybody has made it, but everybody certainly has, still has that hope and ambition that one day they will. And I know you want to talk a, a bit about community and how 
other organisations can apply similar principles. Yeah, it's, it is a good segue, so well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think what we'll do is I'll just sort of define a little bit about what what you know. It's called funnel hacking live. I said I'd explain what that is, and also click funnels, uh, and then let's talk about the power of community outside of this space as much as inside this space, right? In terms of where we are. So, so. If you think back to what we talked about beforehand about direct response is really about getting the message delivered at the right time to the right person with the right offer, right? To be able to direct that pace of a decision that can lead to a conversion. One of the things that's become more popular, I think, over the last, certainly the last decade, has been the idea about, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you get that message out? But then once you get that message out and someone's prepared to take action, how can you manage the interaction or the engagement of that action all the way through to a conclusion? Okay, so in the past, you know, everyone like you know said you have to have a website, right? You've got to have a website. If you don't have a website, particularly now that everyone kind of searches for what they want uh, online, and back in the days it used to be all about SEO, and and you know your website was this beautiful looking thing that had lots of different tabs on it. Of course, it would showcase your products and services, your methodology, you know, all that sort of stuff. Some of the better ones would have video and all these sort of things. But in reality, having a website these days is not really enough. And, and I'd go as far as to say a website is best used for credibility, right? You know, showing that, you know, you have a genuine business, that you work with real customers or clients, that those products and services that you provide actually do what they say they can do, right? So it's all that sort of stuff. Uh, and in, in terms of you know my website, for example, uh, I'll have the podcast on there and people can use that as a vehicle to learn a little bit more about me and what we're doing here at SUYB, but they can then get access to all the, all the content, right? Now, the difference between that and a funnel is that a funnel is designed to remove all distractions. So once someone has shown some level of interest or engagement within, let's say, an ad that you've put out there. It could be a LinkedIn ad or Facebook or whatever else. It could even be an email that's being sent out. Once they, they click on something, click on the ad, click on a link in the email, they'll end up in this, in effectively a, a very direct, very um, deliberate journey from beginning to end so that over the course of that journey, uh, the credibility of the offer that's being presented is intensified, okay? So there's no way of getting out of the funnel. It doesn't have multiple tabs. Of, you know, there's the About Us tab and there's the Contact Us tab. It doesn't have any like that. It will have, you know, more evidence, sometimes video or written word. Sometimes it's called a sales page or a video sales page. And it will effectively be validating why it was great that you clicked on that ad. Okay, again, intensifying the experience. And as it's starting to build up that level of, of emotion in you, because you know, most buying decisions are driven by emotion, it takes you through a very intentional path to a next action. Okay, so my first action might be clicking on an ad. My second action might be reading or what, you know, reading some, some copy, a sales page copy that's explaining the, the, the problem that is being solved. It might be watching a video. And then it might be, okay, well, um, there's a free gift that I can get, which is going to give me some more information uh, about the particular solution. So if I click on that next, I might have to give my email address or my phone number, and then I get a free download of something. And then after that, there might be the opportunity to book a call or a strategy session or to try a product demo, whatever it is. 
And what's happening there, right, is you are, you are building the relationship through a very direct journey. I'll use that term again. And that, that way that the way that it's done, again, bringing back copy and all the things that we mentioned beforehand is increasing the chance of the intended conversion. So if you put those two things next to each other, website looks beautiful, has lots of things going on it, a funnel, sales funnel, or a click funnel in the context of where we are here, because that's the brand of a funnel that is built by Russell Brunson and the team here, um, is effectively giving you the ability to direct that relationship in a, in a much more, I'm going to use the word again, intentional way than what a traditional website would. I think that's covered that, hasn't it? No, no, I think that's a very, very good definition uh, of a funnel. The only thing uh, I would add to it, again, it's, it's about the digital footprint. So the funnel continues your ability to be able to understand the profile of the individual that originally clicked on the advert and who originally exits at the basket. So it links the two things together. So where you're spending your advertising and where you're targeting and the type of profile who is most likely to buy. You also mention attention. So you know it removes any kind of distraction because it's validating the fact that this decision you're about to make is going to deliver this incredible outcome that you're emotionally attached to. So when you're at that peak of emotion, when you're ready to press button to buy, you get hit with something else that says, before you press buy, do you also want to buy this, this and this at a discounted price? So it, it does a very, very good job of being able to optimize the amount of money you're spending when you get to the basket. Yeah, and, and, and it's not always about the transaction that happens there because, you know, obviously if you're selling a, uh, let's say it's a professional service, right, or a legal service that's a bit more high level, mm -hmm. um, and that necessitates having a conversation with someone over the phone or a Zoom call, or, you know, even could be face-to-face, -face, what you're doing through the funnel is you're building trust all the way through that mm -hmm. journey. So, so that, I mean, a lot of people... Um, I think our understanding more about the differences between brand direct response, websites, sales pages, slash funnels. But I just wanted to kind of contextualize that a bit here because obviously it's relevant because, <laughs> you know, we're here learning as much as anything else. But let's go back to um, your point, Rob, about the power of community. Mm -hmm. And then let's touch on some of the other learnings that we've had here uh, before we start to wrap it up. So community, what's, what's your thoughts around the the need, if you like, of a brand to have a tribe or a community of engaged, dare I say it, raving fans. Mm, no, I think raving fans is uh, is absolutely right. Like uh, when you feel like you are in a crowd of individuals that are, are like you, are going through the same processes, the same challenges. There's a there's a reassurance in that. Um, I can't remember the. Uh, the exact phrase, but there's a phrase out there that says something like, you know, you can get people to do anything you want if you can allay their fears, throw rocks at their enemies, uh, encourage their dreams, uh, which is another kind of uh, direct response marketing phrase or one minute persuasion uh, and is heavily used to influence. Uh, and I think ClickFunnels do that absolutely brilliantly on every single uh, level. Um, when you walk in, when you register, it gets you to identify what role that you have in the tribe. So as you know, we had all of these ribbons that we had to pick and then pin to the lanyard that you do when you register, whether you're a podcaster, you're a funnel hacker, you're a coach, you're e-commerce, how many times you've been there, are you a rookie, first year, second year? And you're walking along and it's like people have got medals on and there is a hierarchy to how many years you've been before, which is taken to another level uh, almost like a feudal tribal system, when you walk into the actual conference hall, 
there is this Hollywood walk of fame of individuals at the earliest stage who have built funnels that have generated over a million dollars right the way up to the 50, 100 million dollar uh, achievers. Um, so there's this, this hierarchy of individuals within the tribe. Um, Let's pause there for a second because um, that's a, a really important point actually. What astounded both Rob and I, well two things actually, as you walk in, you know, the Hall of Fame thing is amazing. It's beautifully done. So every person who's generated over a million dollars in the last 12 months-ish um, is effectively on the, on, the, on the floor, right, with their name. So it is like the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There was heaps of them. I mean, I, hundreds probably, mm-hmm. right, who had done a million dollars, right, from effectively online businesses, but not always, but definitely using funnels to, to build their business. And then as you start to walk up, You've got some who have done over 10 million, and there's quite a few of them. And then you've got some of our partners, actually, in, in what's called the gold area, which is where they've done over 50 million, 50 to 100 million. So anyone listening to this thinking that um, maybe this world is like small businesses, it's like, you know, Shopify stores and, and selling stuff on Amazon, right? Nothing wrong with that, but people have the perception that that's small. There are many businesses here that are doing well into eight figures, and there are quite a lot that are doing well into nine figures. Mm. And we will touch on why that's an interesting dynamic, certainly from the private equity angle later on. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to just reiterate that this, these are not small businesses here at all. No, and, and, I, and I think uh, from a community perspective as well, uh, in a community, as I said before, everybody has a role to play that, that feeds the ecosystem. And I, I, what, what I really like about actually sort of as a ClickFunnels customer is the way it leads with education. Uh, and I think that is a, a very good learning for a lot of businesses that maybe struggle to get that product market fit or attract people to come and buy their product or service where they may not actually understand exactly what is needed for them to be able to get the, the most amount of value from it. So by leading with education, and Russell Brunson has a number of books, Expert Secrets, uh, Traffic Secrets, uh, etc., um, it, it, it helps people understand, so what is this thing? How can I apply it? How are they going to deliver value for me? Uh, and when people are informed and have knowledge uh, and have access to people that have been there and done it and are sort of four, three, uh, four, five, six years ahead of them, then it takes, again, a lot of friction out of that, that buying journey. And it's another thing that ClickFunnels do incredibly well. Um, and the other element is they create the power of the crowd. Uh, if you want to influence people, if you want to work people up into a fervor, then by getting individuals that, again, you know, feel like they, they look and sound like each other by creating this new language or kicking them out with branded gear, uh, it creates a togetherness which, which raises the level of euphoria and connection in the auditorium, um, which, let's be honest, is, is puts people in a state where they would probably want to spend money and feel confident about continuing to progress what they do. So as I would expect from a, a, you know, a sort of billion-dollar marketing business, they do that incredibly well. Yeah, and, and to reiterate again, we have no affiliation with these guys, right? So, and, and I'm going to be really um, uh, outspoken to some extent here and say that the tech that they have isn't that great, right? So, so you know, there's a, there's a really interesting thing here that um, even though they're selling a tech product, it's not the tech tech capability, the IP around the technology where the value is. The value is in the brand, the value is in the community, uh, the value is in the education, right? But but back to community again, the thing I like about um, this theme, if you like, we're talking about, Rob, is, is if you can build in your own way 
a community or a set of customers or whatever that absolutely love everything that you do. They are going to tell everyone else about it, which reduces your need to spend as much money on marketing. They're going to come back and buy almost every product that you have, right? And then you're going to get to incredible levels of efficiency. And if we jump out of the, the, the world of where we are, you know, the Funnel Hacking Live, the ClickFunnel stuff for a second, you look at businesses like Apple, um, tomorrow morning, I think we're going down to, to do some Apple purchasing. <laughs> That's the plan. Because um, over in the US, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's some, some favorable exchange rates and things like that to buy Apple products for anyone who's interested. But more importantly, there's a launch tomorrow and we're going to come line up and, and buy some stuff. Now, you know, we're not, you know, the only people who can do that. <laughs> there are people out there who just line up and buy every Apple product. And that's, you know, one of the biggest, most valuable companies in the world that even though they have got great technology and great products, they have also managed to build this amazing community of people who love what they do. So, so let's move on from that. Um, there's a couple of interesting mindset things we'll touch on, I think, that we've, we, we experienced this week. And then I'd like to wrap it up, as I said, by talking about value and making sure that people understand how this all works in terms of building a high value business. So, Rob, what was the take us through quickly? Uh, the session yesterday, where it was, it was pretty much a mindset session, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was the. It was the keynote sort of opening speech uh, from Russell Brunson, uh, and it referenced um, a book that Nick's talked about before, and is, is seen as the bible of, of many self-development um, organ- driven organisations. Think and grow rich. Uh, so he started off uh, by showcasing Napoleon Hill's typewriter. That he actually wrote that. It was it was the actual typewriter. It was the actual well, t- well, they said it was. I actually think it was. They actually managed to find the typewriter. The theatre was absolutely incredible. And they, they actually um, they lifted up a like a, a sheet. <laughs> <Didn't> they, <laughs> here is the typewriter. Rusty old typewriter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And not only that, then there was the manuscript of I can't remember the name of his oh, second book. Um, something about the devil. Something about we'll, the we'll devil. We'll link it into the show notes. But it's it's yeah, it's something about like you've got the devil on your shoulder. It's it's, it's not a religious thing per se. Um, but it's more about the voice inside your head directing your actions, right? Which is why I think it was more of a mindset conversation than it, anything else. It, it was absolutely. And, and he referred to it as there being two types of uh, individuals, the drifters and the driven. Uh, and the fact that you know, when you are driven, when your subconscious is t- telling you that it's too hard, you need to go back, or you know, that's a great idea, but you know, you're not really equipped to be able to do that, the, the drifters will, will just give in and they'll go back to their normal kind of lifestyle where they, they don't challenge themselves, they accept what they've got, and there's no real kind of growth uh, or ambition uh, of what they're doing. Whereas he talks about the driven, where you get those sort of uh, flashes of inspiration, ideas, driven people will always take action on them. Because if you're the type of person that acts on those ideas, Typically, more ideas will come to you. Then he went down a religious route and started quoting various things in the Bible. But um, this is very, very much about you know two types of individuals. I guess I call it those that are, are real go-getters and have resilience and will overcome some of those issues. And, and Russell talked about you know, some of the growing pains he had with kick funnels, where uh, I think the whole site went down once, and he had various death threats. Uh, from people who's <laughs> Amazon, Amazon. Well, that's the uh, that's the negative side of having, having, having a, a raving fans <laughs> who, who like you know like you know they, they 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 feel like they own the business right. So if it falls down, then you're in trouble. But but yeah, I mean that the whole yeah this whole idea of um, drifter versus driven. So there was a couple of things he said which I thought were really interesting. And 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 as you all know, we talk a lot about 
mindset and identity on this show and, and who you are and, and who you're becoming is one of the most important tenets of building a very, very successful business. Certainly one that's, you know, you know, huge and valuable and all those sort of things, right? The ones that really sort of break through, a lot of it comes down to that mindset play of the founder or the leadership team. But what he said, just to, to paraphrase a little bit what you said, Rob, was the, the driven act, whereas the drifter reacts, okay? And where he did talk about religion, it was more in, in the context of faith mm-hmm. versus fear. So we all, we all have these emotions, right? We all have the ability to take action. We all also have the ability to sit back and watch. We all, all have the ability to feel fear in the same way we have the ability to have faith that the right thing is going to happen at the right time for us, you know, even if we can't see that in the beginning. And it was just an interesting play, I think, on, you know, maybe as we're saying this, think about how that affects you, right? You know, are you a person who is driven to a set of values and a mission to, to do something? It could, it could be as simple as just to be, you know, better than you were five years ago, right? It doesn't have to be about solving the, the world's biggest issue, right? But, you know, are you that person or are you the person who's letting everything happen to you? And sometimes that's also called the victim. And in that state, you feel helpless because everything is about fear of stuff that could go wrong. Now, one thing I'll say here is I don't think it's as easy as to say you are one or you are the other. I think we all have the ability to be one or the other in different situations, right? And maybe in different seasons in your business. But if you understand that spending too long in the the drifter mindset, if you want to call it that, and you play in that too long, he said something very interesting, which I thought was interesting. You create momentum in either direction you go, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to be a drifter or a victim for a long period of time, you'll keep effectively manifesting that same momentum in that direction. So that will become your reality, right? Equally, if you take action, even if you don't see the results, but you have faith, et cetera, et cetera, and you, and you, you lean into that, then you will also create that sort of positive momentum, which is going to get you much closer to whatever your goal is. Absolutely. And uh, he also used the example of the, uh, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So the first journey is always you're going about achieving that, that initial dream or that initial ambition. But whilst you're going on that journey, there's another transition that you're, you're, you're making with yourself. So you're becoming a different person. You're showing up differently. You're opening your mind to different possibilities and, 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 different, uh, and different situations. Uh, and then you go back to the beginning of the journey and then you help other people achieve their thing. And I think when you look at ClickFunnels, whether it's the you know, the, the people that have achieved huge amounts of money through their funnels that we talked about on the whole sort of Hollywood uh, walk of fame uh, or the social proof that they use in their marketing where they will use individuals that, who are just like you um, that have achieved great businesses. Uh, it gives you confidence that you one day you could be that person that is helping and inspiring other people to take the same journey as, as you did. So, so as you can appreciate here, a conference like this, as much as it is a marketing conference, and as I said at the very beginning, one of the biggest marketing conferences in the world, certainly in terms of the people turning up to it, when you put yourself into an environment like this where you have very successful entrepreneurs building very big businesses, but you also are getting different perspectives, some of those are, of course, business and marketing perspectives, 
some of those things are not. Like, you know, this last few minutes of us talking has really been around, as I said, belief, identity, you know, how you show up, all the stuff that I, I talk about a lot. And quite often I find that, particularly the clients I work with and you do as, as well, Rob, sometimes they just have to put themselves into a different environment for a period of time and that can just give them that that shift to be able to do something different. Mm-hmm. So, so there we go. So that's what we've been doing uh, for the last, well, we're here for a few days and then I've got to fly to another event in San Diego. <laughs> you, you get to go home, Rob, isn't I that do. cool? I do, I um, do. But let's finish up by just talking about the value of all this, right? I think... If, if I reflect just on our conversation for the last 35, 40 minutes, there's a lot of different points of value <laughs> for people to take away, yeah. whether it be knowledge about a funnel all the way through to, to how you show up. But, but when we think about building a high-value business, one that has the ability for someone to transfer that value if they choose to do so in the future, we call that an exit, but it's really a transfer of value to someone else, which, again... You don't have to do that by selling your company. There are different ways of doing it, but we all have to, at some point, make a decision about what we're going to do with our companies, right? You know, that, that's something that we can't control forever. But how do you see this, this world of, I suppose, direct response marketing, Rob, working and applying, you know, if you were looking at it from a private equity standpoint, mm-hmm. and... I appreciate some of the concepts here are not traditional private equity stuff. <laughs> Certainly right? not. Yeah. You see what I mean? But yeah. but there is definitely value here. Maybe it's a new way of looking at things. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so I've, I've been considering this for the last couple of days, actually. And uh, I think about what, what makes a valuable business uh, to an investor or, or private equity firm. Um, and I think the main thing for me is, is, is about product market fit. So how is the product or service that you're providing resonating with a you know a dialed in message to a particular avatar or ideal customer persona that in, you know it means that they want they want that exchange of value they're happy to pay money in exchange for the product or service uh, which delivers something to them uh, which is of betterment whatever that whatever that might be and click funnels or direct response marketing gives you the data to be able to do that where previously uh, you know, you're going back to the 30, 40 years may have felt more trial and error. Uh, your, your judgment based on possibly speaking to customers and just awareness of the market around you, it's, again, it's less dialed in, it's much more hit and miss. So you've actually got the data to say by targeting these people with this message, we can sell these things. And I think that's, that's the first thing. Second thing I look for is lifetime customer value. So the cost per acquisition, so the cost to try and get a customer to come and spend money with you, uh, once they're inside uh, that, that sort of customer-client uh, relationship, how do you monetize it over a number of years? So whether that's recurring revenue models, subscription models, or what I call uh, transit transitional product ecosystems where you're already thinking about the next problem that you need to solve. So that's driving your, uh, your, your product definition. That's something I think that direct response marketing uh, does in- incredibly well. Um, predictability, the use of data to be able to give very, very high probability uh, and accuracy of forecasts and returns. As you know, one of the, one of the biggest things in, in private equity is the actual you know, the, the, the accuracy of, of being able to forecast and being able to uh, sweat the asset 
So any investment that you've put into those businesses, looking at the data and having predictable returns from that investment, and in direct response, the main investment is advertising spend, is incredibly interesting to, to somebody uh, who can see this, this rapid growth rate. They can chart the course of that growth rate and exactly what happened to be able to deliver those, uh, those additional stages. Um, and uh, you know, these are all things that, that we look for as investors and, uh, and private equity when, when they're acquiring companies in, in this area. Yeah, I think, I think that's all you know, very, very accurate in terms of how, how an investor would look at the value of something like what is being taught here, right, and being created. There's a couple of um, final points I'll make on it, which I think are interesting. One is um, the, the space that, that, that tends to be attracted to this world of direct response is information products. But I've seen this work across multiple other industries and sectors as well. And really what we're talking about here is, to use your word again, Rob, predictability, but also sustainability. And one of, the, one of the points that was made yesterday on stage, I forget the speaker, but she used the analogy of the cash machine or the ATM. And she was like, you know, how, how many businesses would love the fact that you put a bit of money into the ATM, but you get two or three times more coming out? And... That's kind of when people have got all of this dialed in um, with their marketing and they're driving leads and they're using advertising effectively to drive leads. That's effectively what is going on, right? You know, they're, 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 they're getting just an incredible return. It's a predictable return. So the more money they put in, the more output they get. So they literally have to turn it on and measure and all those sort of things. And it's sustainable because if the universe that you're going after is big enough, really all you've got to do is, is, is spend more money through the right channels to be able to reach those individuals and then everything else dials in. So from a, I think a lot of private equity firms that I speak to, work with, advise are still trying to come to terms with this because it feels a little bit too good to be true, but you can't argue with the amount of money that is going through these businesses. The profit margins on some of them are just off the charts. Yeah. Uh, one of our good friends here is making, what did he say, something like one and a half, not a massive business, but in this space, one and a half million dollars profit, profit per yeah. month. And he, he doesn't even go into the business, right? It just runs. You know, he's got a marketing team that runs it through through these things. So, so I think, you know, if you're listening to this, it doesn't really matter what business you've got. If you've got bricks and mortar, as I say, more of a service-based business or a traditional business, uh, certainly if you're in retail or e-commerce, Getting better awareness and understanding of direct response marketing is absolutely going to serve you. Alrighty, we're at time, Rob. We are. I've really enjoyed the conversation. It's been great to share <laughs> our experiences of Funnel Hacking Live 2022 in uh, Orlando. So, uh... yep. So, yeah. I mean, you know, um, reach out to us as always. Uh, ask questions. Post comments. Um, I'm going to reiterate again, we have no affiliation here. There's not going to be a ClickFunnels link to go and buy their software. Uh, I would encourage you to uh, look into it, but, you know, we use other things as well. But uh, as I said, it's been good to share perspectives of this. And, and as I've said, just to finish up with, you know, I, I try and go away once a quarter and put myself in different rooms with different people to learn. And what you've experienced, I think, in this last 45 minutes or so is just uh, Rob and I sharing that learning journey with you. Uh, in real time, pretty much. Yeah, and I, I, maybe I'm overstepping the mark because I'm not the uh, the host here, Nick. But I would encourage the listeners to share their own experiences of 
click funnels or direct response marketing or their reflections on this conversation and hmm, that's interesting how could i apply that to my business send those to rob <laughs> I, I thought there was i thought there was a comments box that you could complete no there's no comments box people oh. just reach out to me on linkedin <laughs> So, so, so we're going to put Rob Williams' personal email and phone number, and all because I, I, I get like thirty or forty people trying to reach out to me a day these days. So, Rob, you, you can enjoy that. Oh, I can't, I can't wait! <laughs> no, seriously, please reach out. It'd be good to hear from you. All right, awesome. Well, listen, um, thanks, Rob, and uh, thanks everyone for continually listening to the show. As I often say, it's kind of it's kind of a representative, I think, of our conversation today. I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. It's a mantra that I have for myself and my businesses. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you again very soon. Take care now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.